Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Back Pain Podcast. Now, did you know that your diet can play a huge part in your recovery, both from acute and chronic injuries? So discussing this alongside Dave and myself is Ben Steele-Turner, physiotherapist and registered associate nutritionist. On today's episode, we cover what food you can eat to actively improve your recovery, what supplements you should and shouldn't be taking to assist in healing, are fats and sugar as bad as they've been made out to be, what are the dietary myths that nutritionists get really tired of hearing day to day? Now, if you have any questions about today's episode or anything in general, then feel free to get in touch with us via our social media. You can find us on at the Backpain Podcast on Instagram and at the Backpain Pod underscore on Twitter, or find the links below in the show notes. Now, as a reminder, if you are enjoying these episodes, please leave us a review. Or if you know of someone who needs to hear this information, whether that's a friend or a family member with an injury, or a patient that you're treating with an injury, please share it with them. It really helps us out and means the absolute world to us. But for now, I'll leave you to sit back and enjoy the latest episode. Welcome back to the Back Pain Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ben Steele-Turner, physiotherapist and registered associate nutritionist. Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast, Ben. Hi, guys. Pleasure to be on here. Thank you very much for asking me. Always glad to have you. So today we are discussing all about diet. Now, diet is a huge topic, um, as you know. You know, I or you know better than we do, but uh, but as as we know from our patients. So let's kick straight off by talking about why, or asking you, why is diet so important for recovery from back pain or any other or any other injury? So I think diet's uh, incredibly important because. How I always link this back to when what made me go from studying physio to what made me want to study nutrition was on student placements, physio, you're seeing patients. And then I would just wonder, well, we can nail down this absolutely brilliant plan. But then if they go home and have a, a takeaway, have kebab, McDonald's, whatever, kind of in my head, I started playing around with this idea, well, it's just kind of a little bit pointless that all this great plan that the, the clinicians come up with and then they're just going to be giving their body all the, well, not giving them enough of the right nutrients. So whether we're talking about pain um, or in particular recovering from an injury, you've got to think, well, your body's got to recover from that injury. So kind of as if you were looking down for a microscope, well, is are the cells that you're trying to help repair and recover happy have they got the nutrients and the fuels and tools that they need is the tissue going to be happy is the blood system so uh, the circulation so is that going to be happy is that going to be bringing everything you want to the area um, and what you're putting into your diet and what you're eating is incredibly important so from a very simplistic view uh, that's what I think it is. That's why I think it's kind of a key factor in um, back pain, injury recovery, and basically this whole sort of sort of realm of healthcare. No, definitely, and I think that's you know a lot. I guess it's would you say it's a missing link that a lot of people may potentially be you know neglecting um, in their in their injury or in their recovery. 
I think potentially it's a missing link. What what I'm particularly passionate about is that it's that the two currently are very, very separate and could go hand in hand. And I think if you can give someone a little bit like we were just talking about off air, if you can give someone that kind of healthy eating advice, but just hone it in with just little changes to suit them, their individual situation, then it really, it's like an extra thing that in like, what's been spoken about on this podcast before but it empowers so you're you're seeing your your physio your chiropractor osteopath and they're giving you some exercises some management advice where if you can also have some trusted you know correct nutrition help that's going to help you overall health reduce pain it's just another way you can self-manage and you can improve by kind of getting some clear simple guidance in what is an area that's infamous for having misguidance in yeah. Well, that's why we're here to, to iron out that misguidance. <laughs> so what are the benefits then of really good nutrition for an injury recovery, you know, in terms of your body and your cells, you know, what happens when we, you know, flourish our body with really good nutrition? Yeah. So let, let, let's say hypothetically, you've got an injury and it's something that you're, you're trying to recover from whether, whatever level you're at. Uh, so from a, a, a local, so local to the injury, you're gonna, you're gonna need to make sure that inflammatory response that's kind of like the body's response to the injury make sure that that's going to be kind of ticking along as needed the cells around it are going to need uh, the macronutrients that could be protein fats and carbs to you know do the job and repair everything the micronutrients that'd be vitamins and minerals that you know the cells and the tissues all the little tasks that they're doing all day every day that all requires energy and then from a more whole person point of view uh you know let, let's say you've, you've you've injured one leg um you know you still need to maintain uh health and fuel the rest of your body so that's important if you're now maybe not moving around as much then you might need to change your protein intake to make sure you're not losing muscle if you're not if you're now not doing any lower body exercise uh and from a much from a general feeling good perspective i always see that when someone eats well they'll then feel better they sleep better that they they feel empowered you know they understand the benefits of it they can adhere to the plan better and so it's just another another way of really kind of helping someone get involved in their their own journey and it's a bit like a it's just kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy or kind of the upward spiral isn't it you start eating better so then naturally you start being in a better mood so then you're more likely to then go for a walk and do some movement or potentially do some rehab exercises or and then it goes on and on whereas if you the opposite way you're eating a load of rubbish you start feeling a bit sluggish you feel a bit tired you don't feel like doing the exercises then you kind of you know so it's I guess that's not necessarily a direct benefit of eating well, but it's kind of an indirect benefit of eating well, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A little bit of a snowball effect. Yeah. So it, you know, does all these things to kind of at a cellular level helps with inflammation, in, in the inflammation and kind of helps the inflammatory cycle. And, uh, you know, does it help do anything else in terms of like helping blood flow, um, and things like that? Yeah, potentially. So it's, it's it, we could go into the nitty gritty of the science but in general if you're sticking to a healthy diet you know you're getting all your micronutrients plenty of fruit and veg you're getting good um fatty acids right amount of carbohydrates and trying to avoid those ultra processed high sugary high fatty foods then things like blood flow are going to work much much better so if we just we'll just take a couple of examples um but let's say you're getting uh plenty of, of nitrates which is a, a a nutrient that would be in like vegetables such as beetroot 
well, that's going to help circulation. And we, we know that's going to be really, really important. And circulation's incredibly important for the injury because you know, the blood is the transport system of the body. Um, and then equally, if we're loading up with a, you know, a high saturated processed sugary fast food, well, that's just going to clog things up. It's basically, I would say that that's then adding another stress for your body to deal with that. It's, it's like, it's now got to deal with all of this, you know, kind of rubbish that's in the food when, you know, let's help it along. Let's give it the tools it needs rather than adding another task to the to-do list. Yeah, so it, it's it's clogging up the system with with rubbish and, as you said, giving it another task to, to to focus on. It's directing its attention away from from potentially the healing the healing the injury. From a soup, from a you know a real basic view of it, let's kind of work with our body. Let's provide provide make sure your are your cells happy. Um, make sure that that they've got what they want uh, and not you know making them deal with something that they don't want when they're already having to recover from an injury. Yeah, it's, it's putting the right fuel on the fire, you know, and that uh, they're not the, yeah, the, the giving it dry logs rather than wet logs. I mean, it's always he's gonna 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 burn easier. It's got to do less work <laughs> to to get going. So you mentioned a couple of things there about you know about diet and roughly kind of what it sounds like. Can we talk about what components make up a, a good diet, and then maybe conversely talk about you know the other sides and what definitely doesn't or definitely won't help and you know injury or general general good diet. So let's um, do a real kind of brief overview, but a good, good diet, you've got macronutrients. So that's protein. This is like the building block. So think of this as like the Lego pieces, not just for muscle, uh, but for bone, for um, hemoglobin. So that's in your blood for immune cells. So protein, super important. Um, Carbohydrates generally are going to give you energy and allow the cells to fuel you to do exercise and throughout the day and then dietary fats which are incredibly important for um, cell activity membranes hormone function so they're the macronutrients and you can play around with how many of each of the three you have Uh, and then micronutrients are your vitamins and minerals so vitamins a b c d e k um, i'm sure you've all have heard and then trace elements and minerals again you can delve in and look at ones in in isolation what's most important and something I talk about regularly is it's much more what's really important is going from uh, insufficiency or deficiency and not having enough of that nutrient to then having enough. And then there's very, very few situations where having some, what we would say, super physiological. So some massive dose of one micronutrient would be important. Whereas if you just look at it from a a horizon view, if you just want to be hitting your numbers for each of them. um, And if you feel that maybe you're worried that you're not, then that's the time to find someone who could help look at your diet, decide, you know, is there something that you're maybe not reaching enough of? So components of a healthy diet is whether it's related to pain or injury recovery or just a general healthy diet kind of looks the same you know it's your body doesn't suddenly change its demands completely just because you're you've got some pain so it's it's making sure you're getting bits from all of those categories you know those proteins you know good levels of protein carbs and fats and then all of the you know micronutrients which you know make up the rest of it and i guess you know the, the golden question is, you know, what is that? And I think I know if I asked, you know, 99 people on the street, you know, I don't know why I said 99, 100 people on the street. Um, and I said, what constitutes a healthy diet? I'm sure most of them would probably have a pretty good idea of, of what makes up a diet. But just to clarify, you know, when, you know, you know, for, for the 
they're not a bodybuilder. They're not someone who's, you know, looking to hit any massive weight loss goals, but someone who's generally looking to have, you know, let's call it a healthy diet. I know that's a very general term, but a healthy diet. What does that look like in terms of the food stuffs? Can you, can you give us some examples? Yeah. And so in terms of the food, uh, so healthy sources of them all. So protein is going to be meat products, uh, poultry, uh, red meat, probably want to be limiting red meat to, I would say maximum once a week, maybe more like once for two weeks is red meat. Um, a little bit of a, a risk with that, obviously, um, then that would link over to seafood and fish products. Uh, uh, vegan and vegetarian protein, again, common, common misconception that you can't get your protein goals if you're vegan or vegetarian. You absolutely can. Uh, just a lot of vegan and vegetarian protein sources. So this can be from grains, from uh, beans, from soy products, anything like that, tofu. Uh, when they basically the amino acids, that's what the little blocks that make up these these protein chains they're just there aren't so many of them effectively in the vegetarian and vegan ones so you need to do a little bit more planning but you absolutely can dietary fats we want to be looking at nice healthy fats so this would be coming from oily fish mackerel sardines um lots and lots of omega free so olive oils um and then the other omega fatty acids, avocados, uh, nuts, seeds, they're going to give you all your, your dietary fats, obviously others as well. For carbohydrates, this is probably the one that I think gets the most attention because a lot of people say, oh, you know, you've got to completely cut out carbohydrates. Um, that's probably not a good idea to be completely, uh, completely cutting out one type of uh, uh, one, one macronutrient. So with carbs, good sources of carbohydrates. We're looking at oats, pasta, rice, whole grains. They're going to give you your energy. And then micronutrients generally will come from fruits and vegetables, which a healthy diet, the basis of it should be fruit and vegetable products should be, uh, should be looking at. So I, the UK guidance of five fruit and veg today, I, I would say to people, don't look at that as a target, look at that as a baseline and we should be going higher than that really. Good. Um, and I, I, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, if I think the difference is, is that, you know, it sounds like a lot when you say kind of five, five plus fruit and fruit and vegetables a day. But that's only if you're not getting any, anywhere near that. You know, if you're not eating any fruit and veg, which I'm sure there's a lot of percentage of the population that don't eat a single piece of fruit or veg every day, um, you know, to suddenly go to eat five is quite a lot because you're trying to think of how can I add basically two portions to every meal. And that sounds like a lot. Whereas, you know, and it's coming up with clever ways to incorporate veg and corporate things, you know, in, into your diet, which is which is tricky. But, uh, you know, it's I'm glad we hear that from an expert that you need you need more than five in your diet, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, ideally. And it's it's not that um it, it can be difficult in at the time at the time because you're creating a new habit, but you don't have to, it'd be very hard to get someone to go from, you know, if someone who's eating no fruit and veg at all, and then suddenly, right, you've got to have six, seven, eight portions a day. That's going to be very, very extreme. Uh, and that would be the same as in a, from a musculoskeletal point of view, going from like the start of a rehab journey straight to doing like week nine or 10 exercises. That'd be quite difficult. You've got to kind of be progressive with how you would how you would do that and make sure that people can then follow it once you're taken away so that you're empowering them so that they understand where where those portions of fruit and veg are coming from not just kind of aimlessly following a, 
a, a diet pattern, like a prescriptive diet plan. Yeah. I think one thing which I try and do with some patients sometimes when people ask me about a diet and I'm not an expert on this but you know my kind of brief overview which I explain to people is you know if you're struggling is to add in the good don't worry about taking out the bad add in the good to start with so you know add an avocado to your plate add you know some vegetables have a banana with your breakfast that's and add in and slowly you'll start to see the benefits and then very quickly once you've had a banana you think oh well, I'm, I don't need more Nutella you know I can you know have another banana or whatever it might be and uh, you know so you can add it in and then that's an easy way to start doing that you don't have to swap out straight away um, I don't know if you do similar that's really interesting as well because if you look at what's really interesting is thinking about well are ultra high processed what we would class as as bad foods i'm doing inverted commas with my hands for people listening but what we would class as bad foods is they're quite a is it that you know that they are bad but is it that they are inherently bad or is it that diets that are high in those foods generally are lacking in the good foods um so if you're if you're reaching all your micronutrient goals you, you're getting your protein target you've got enough carbohydrate to fuel your exercise and your daily needs plenty of good uh, good healthy fats if you were to add in a little bit of bad is that te- is that detrimental and taking away and i think that's maybe an answer that we probably don't have adequately yet i'd say so it's like does the you know, at what point does good outweigh bad or bad outweigh the good if you see what I mean it's a that's a really interesting question yeah I don't know I don't I, I don't know either maybe we should uh, commission the next research project into that <laughs> so you asked about uh, or you mentioned fat in there as well and I know that fat is a massive topic in itself and we could do a whole two hour podcast dedicated to, to fat but briefly in terms of you know because half the world see fat as a bad thing and obviously half people see fat as a good thing now there's obviously you know different types of fat what you know, is there? Do we have a healthy fat and a bad fat? Is there differences in to, in in that? Sure. So there basically is this long-standing narrative of everyone being very fearful of fat, and I think as a as a as a society, we're still kind of living in live living kind of downstream of that. So with fats, healthy fats are essential for health. This is how uh, I would think of it down as almost like a family tree. We can split into saturated and unsaturated fats. Uh, Your saturated fats are things like um, the fat from an animal product, cheeses, processed meat, sausages, that kind of fat. That's your saturated fat. And ideally, we want to not, not, you don't have to completely cut it out, but this wants to be restricted to at maximum 10% of what you're eating would be of those kind of saturated fats. Then you've got your unsaturated fats, and this could then you can further then des- divide this down into uh, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, omega threes, omega sixes. But these are definitely, definitely healthy. And to give you an overarching thing of these healthy uh, unsaturated fats from a mixture of them all, these are seeds, nuts, uh, fish products, olive oil. Th- this is avocados. They're going to be uh, a really important part of a healthy diet fantastic that's that's good so it doesn't mean you cutting out all fat like was it the 70s when it all came out and uh, we said we have to remove all fat from our, and avocados became the most hated yeah hated vegetable and now they're yeah. a staple of the you know yeah middle class uh, millennial i think i think it's a, a little bit i think the u.s health guidelines changed in the 70s but the research in the sort of 50s and 60s was definitely the trend was was anti anti-fat at the time um, the other thing you mentioned was was sugar, um, 
And again, same thing, another massive topic. A word gets thrown around a lot, which is pro-inflammatory. And people talk about um, sugar being a pro-inflammatory. Is that true? You know, if we're consuming lots of sugar, does that increase inflammation in the body? Is that less likely to help or less likely to help us recover? Potentially. With inflammation, there's a lot of kind of inflammation is definitely a buzzword. With sugar, it will create these. If you if you have a very high added sugar product, sweets, fizzy drinks, ice cream, something like that, it can definitely create uh, cause. You know, all that sugar's got to go somewhere. It goes into your blood, so your blood glucose goes up. It obviously can't stay in your blood all day, so you can either use it for energy or insulin is then released to decide right where's this sugar going to be stored so it creates this kind of wave like variability um in your body's homeostasis and it's just another thing where from a a kind of simplistic view is you know you're if you're trying to follow a healthy diet because maybe you're in pain or have an injury or not having this you know sugary product you get a sugar high and then you get a low and then you feel like you need more sugar so you your your body's not on an even keel it's not stable it's constantly up and down um so that doesn't mean sugar needs to be cut out because it's gonna you know be magically horrible um for uh, for for anything uh but it's just something that you don't want to be kind of having too too often so for, for general health, almost yeah, it's one of yeah, those, yeah, one for those general things. health, and 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 yeah, if you if you are, let's just say um, one thing I'm particularly interested in would be osteoarthritis, so like uh, joint pain. If you've got sugar going to your blood, it's um, and the, then the blood systems going around the joints where you might have the pain, have the pain. It's probably going to uh, aggravate the pain to some extent, but. But if you just have one sugary product, it's, that's not going to be the case. But what's it, what you don't know is, let's say you've got someone who's got you know, ongoing knee pain from osteoarthritis. Uh, if they might not know that you might look at them and say, oh, well, why don't you get someone to look at your diet? They, someone looks at their diet and notices it's really, really high in processed foods and added sugars. So in that situation, the risk of taking sugar out is very, very low if not definitely beneficial for overall health and the potential upside the potential reward is really good so it's definitely worth trying uh, and equally if you have to look at your diet they might still have high knee pain but have a very low sugar diet in which case maybe for that person it's it's not the be all and end all for their knee pain amazing and then with 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 regards to that sugar then is is there a difference between consuming sugar in say a fizzy drink or a bag of you know coca-cola bottles compared to sugar in in fruit because i know that fruit is also quite high in sugar is it just because we're eating it compared to drinking it you know what's the is there a difference there the so the the thing with um a, a sweet or a fizzy drink is what the is the sugar is just ultra can ultra condensed. I know that they have those documentaries where they almost compare it to like cocaine, where you're basically getting all the sugar and just giving it into one big dose. That's quite a fearful narrative, I think. But let's say if you were to just have uh, a, a load of fruit, a big bowl of, of, of strawberries and berries, yeah, there's, there, there is going to be some naturally occurring sugars in that, but there's also the fiber. So the fiber is going to be really important for helping your digestion and helping it go through your body you're also obviously getting a load of water with it and you're getting all the nutrients whereas when you have uh, a sweet uh, a gummy sweet or whatever you're effectively just getting the sugar and nothing else no nutrients no water no fiber it's just sugar um and and, and, and that's when it would 
maybe not be less ideal. Okay. Um, ben, look, uh, anyone who's seen uh, me in a two-piece will know why I'm being quiet on this particular podcast. I'm, uh, uh, you don't need my nutritional advice. Um, however, look, that's the so we've got to create the, the proper building blocks. We've got to make happy cells, provide them with all the good stuff for our general health, and that's some awesome stuff to avoid. Is there anything which would actively increase recovery? So we're looking now, we've got listeners in pain at home. Is there anything which is going to speed rocket their recovery and help them get out of pain, whether that's supplements or, or actual foodstuffs as well? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Let's talk about this. But what type of pain from injury, from chronic pain? Yes. Um, <laughs> from uh, from both Let, let's let's go for immediate injury inflammatory response okay uh, yeah, first yeah. off and do some chronic after why not okay all right awesome that sounds like a good way of doing it so let's say someone who's rolled their ankle right and uh whatever immediate injury so in 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 this time um things like uh could be supplements but uh, you could uh, omega-3 supplements is is promoted as being anti-inflammatory most likely if you take way too many omega-3 supplements this is actually going to be so anti-inflammatory that it would knock out that inflammation response so it'd be less good for for um repairing it so if i was seeing someone who had recently got a, a sporting injury of whatever type i would make sure they're hitting their protein target to make sure that your body's got those lego bricks to repair i would make sure they've got enough dietary fats to be meeting their their uh, their um their recommended amount and i'd make sure they're just getting enough carbohydrates to fuel whatever activity it is they're doing at the moment so if they're on crutches but they're having to walk a long way on crutches walking on crutches burns 20% or more energy than just walking. So you probably need to fuel that. If they're immobilized, then probably slightly, so that would be you know not moving around much, then slightly less carbohydrates. In terms of micronutrients, I'd make sure they're hitting all their goals with a little bit of extra focus for this situation on uh, vitamin C would be particular particularly important because vitamin C is kind of like it's the cofactor. So it's a, it really helps with um, collagen synthesis. So if the injury is somewhat related to collagen, which often tendons, muscles, bones, very high in collagen, vitamin C is going to be important. Uh, if there's any kind of bone in, involved in the injury, then calcium, vitamin D, definitely going to be important. Uh, and then omega freeze, probably a good idea would be to have one one gram so that would be 1000 milligrams and that's generally the standard omega-3 or cod liver oil supplements 1000 grams per day if you're already not eating a high fish diet so if you're eating lots of oily fish which would be two or three or more portions per week a, a minimum portion would be like a tin of sardines if you're eating less than that which most people in the uk are two or three um, per week, then the omega free supplement would be what I would go for. Fantastic. Avoid alcohol. Sorry. I know everyone, <laughs> but avoid alcohol. Um, potentially a small amount will do fine. But if we come back to the risk to reward benefits, if you're really, really keen on getting back to your training or your day to day life after an injury, the potential, the, yeah, just, it's just worth stopping alcohol for a few weeks. Absolutely. Plus, we all know how you rolled that ankle in the first place. It was probably from booze. Yeah. Um, we had enough. <laughs> so, so just to get that right, Ben, um, if you over supplement at that early stage, let's say we've got a 
you know, someone's rolled an ankle, tweaked a back, created an acute uh, a now and then injury. And mm. over supplementation with omega-3s might actually decrease their healing, might, might stop that natural um, inflammation effect. Potentially evidence emerging, mm. but yeah, that there, there seems no kind of, like I said earlier, it, there seems no real benefit to go way, way over. Uh, and it, it's all about like making yourselves happy, having everything in harmony. So one, one omega three, that's enough. And then uh, the, you see uh, people recommending like, oh, you know, you've got to have these super, super, super high doses and that could mm. potentially be detrimental. Um, yeah. Do you know what what the high dose is? Is in is that oh, um, you know is that uh, ten the, times recommended amount or uh, thousand times the... the highest I've seen in the literature is five grams. So that would be about five kind of standard uh, uh, omega three supplements a day. Yeah. Ge- generally, they're wow. one fa- one thousand micrograms, one gram. Interesting. Milligrams. Oh, fa- I find that fascinating. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really interesting. What about a chronic issue? So someone who's had pain for many years. Uh, and they're looking to improve general health, of course, but is there anything dietary-wise, apart from the standard good dietary advice they've already listened to, that they could look at then to supplement or add in to improve that chronic level of inflammation and pain? Yes. So this is an even more young area of of the research in terms of emerging. With with chronic pains, um, the current best knowledge would be uh, definitely going to a more plant-based diet. So if you are wanting to improve, increasing your intake of green vegetables, variety of fruit and uh, variety of colored fruits is going to be like the mainstay, definitely the thing. The the Mediterranean diet pattern. So then including um, more fish products, more uh, more, uh, uh, olive oil products, is going to be important making sure you're hitting your fiber goal so dietary fiber comes in uh, oats pasta bread vegetables so with chronic pain there's no one there's no one supplement magic pill that's going to make it go away it's much more as how the pain's been going on for a long time you just then want mm. to slowly like we talked about that snowball just slowly start rolling the snowball back in the direction you want to go and improving your your overall pattern um so if i were to see someone for chronic pain first thing would be fruit and veg intake that's got to be a must making sure they're prioritizing that so that's a day-to-day thing that fruit and veggies are is a non-negotiable that they're getting more oily fish products they're avoiding ultra high processed foods making sure they're hitting their fiber goal which is 30 grams a day in the uk it's quite a lot um that would they would be like the real simple actionable steps that i can say on a podcast that are good things to do rather than obviously not individual dietary advice and you don't know who's listening (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you ben uh, quickly on the on the omegas, uh, often when you're seeing them in shops, you get omega three. There's also six, nine, and I believe you can get twelve as well on on various packets, um, or, the, or they just add them all together and think it sounds better. But the <laughs> maybe they do. But you know, obviously omega three is the most important one. Do we need uh, six and nine? Do we need to be supplementing with those? Yeah. So with with the uh, with the different omegas, uh, omega three and six are. Uh, polyunsaturated and omega-7 and 9 are monounsaturated generally in unless you're taking you can get like the three six nine supplements i think probably the only supplement that i would generally consider as a rule of thumb would be omega-3 because that's one that might be um might be needing 
more priority in our kind of modern Western diet. The others you can get in in food sources. What's more important is that most of these high fatty food sources are are high in or have some amount of of all the omegas, um, but are just higher in one than the other. You know, particularly so like if you're looking at fatty um, um, sort of like meat products, might be higher in omega six, whereas fish products would be higher in omega three. Um, so I, if from a supplemental point of view, unless there was a specific reason as a general thing, I'd probably just stick to the omega three, um, and then make sure that your diet is good and your healthy healthy fatty acids. Amazing. I love that. So I was, you know, the one thing we love on the show is myth busting. Um, and we love kind of separating fact from fiction and giving people, you know, maybe bursting some people's bubbles, but also helping, you know, people save money and, you know, wasting and stop them wasting their time, I guess, on, on a load of stuff. Now, the nutrition industry is rife with, um, you know, should we call it nonsense and incorrect information and all sorts of things. And which is why it's so good to have someone like you to actually come and, you know, separate fact from fiction. So, are there any big myths that you get or you hear get peddled around on a day-to-day basis that really, really irk you and you go, this is nonsense or patients have been spending thousands of pounds on X supplement that hasn't done anything? You know, what do you hear on a, day, on a daily basis? Yeah, probably one that frustrates me is when people use the term detox. Uh, if someone ever says, if someone ever says um, detox, drink, food, diet, whatever, if they use the word detox, ask them what 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 are they what is the tox what is the toxin that's what it's short for and why do you need to get rid of that toxin whereas often you'll see like detox drink you know green green red blue great looking color bright orange detox drink but does it actually tell you what the toxins are and what you need to get rid of them and why are those things toxic um that's what i would I would argue uh, uh, that's all. That's what kind of I, I feel a little bit like. Oh, yeah. you know, you need to you need to clarify why why is it why is it uh, detox? The other thing as well would be um, people generally take uh, making uh, good changes. So they're starting to get into what we've talked about in depth already. They're making all these healthy choices, but then so and so blog post from the internet also recommended X supplement. And then they people get this belief where the supplement's been really, really important and they kind of hone in on the importance of whatever that supplement or that drink is that they're taking. Whereas actually it's all the dietary changes that they've made. It's that they're now aware of it, that they're making conscious choices. As a result, they're more active, getting outside more um, and probably not the pill that they bought online. You can't, you can't out, you can't supplement a bad, you can't, what's it? You can't out supplement a bad diet, out, out supplement, something like that. What's the, there's, there's some sort of phrase about that. Yeah. There's no point taking supplements, you know, unless your, your, your diet's pretty good as well at the same time. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, like, that, there's supplements just, the, the thing is, as one that thing that's kind of big in the, in the, the health, the, well, the osteo physio chiro world is in the nutrition world is people like to take extreme views and when people take one extreme it kind of triggers like a pendulum people to swing to the other extreme so you get one group of people saying you've got to take this supplement this supplement supplement and this is why they're all so important and so then it swings all the way back and then you get the other people being like it's not important at all and so it creates these two polar opposites whereas actually there's this nice middle ground in between where you could be like well actually you know in the UK at the moment, albeit it's very sunny today, um, but 
wrong time of year to be getting vitamin D. You probably should be taking a vitamin D supplement if you live in the UK at the moment because we need it. And there are times where yeah, I take an omega free uh, supplement each day. Not not every day, um, and I take a vitamin C supplement a, f- a couple of times a week just to just to make sure it's not something I'd want to take every day. Um, but yeah, maybe t- once twice a week just um, just to kind of make sure. Yeah. Make sure you're all topped up with all of yeah. your micronutrients. Yeah. When I self-critique myself, it's a little bit silly because vitamin C, uh, and this is something actually is probably really important. Um, vitamin C has no store. So you every day when you wake up, you are probably vitamin C deficient. It's water soluble. So you have to have it every day. So if, if you have six, five days where you, you're having two satsumas, 10 strawberries and a kiwi fruit every day for five days. Great. You've got loads and loads of vitamin C. Then if you went 48 hours with no fruit and vegetable, nothing at all, you're, you're probably then not got any vitamin C in your body, which if you're recovering from, as I'm at the moment, a hamstring tendon problem, if we want to be trying to get that collagen stronger again, vitamin C is going to be important. I like that. So, you know, and, and that's why if you overdose on vitamin C, you just, you just peered out basically, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't stay in your system for as well. Your Wego is funny color when you uh, have those, have the, have the barocas. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye money. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's been, you know, I said, a, I don't want to say a whirlwind talk because we went in, went in depth on a lot of those, those issues, but you know, nutrition and diet is such a massive topic. You know, there, you know, we could dedicate an entire, you know, three years of a degree to this. So, you know, so this is a, a, a brief overview. So there's probably people have lots and lots of questions about, about diet and about things they might have been doing or whether they're doing the right stuff. So we'll put a pin in that and say, maybe invite you back for part two. If we, uh, if we have some questions and, and stuff from the listeners, if you'd be happy to do that, Ben. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I'd say definitely if um, hopefully you've all enjoyed listening to this, that it's really hard and like, I get nervous talking about nutrition because I want to give good, I want to give good advice. It's really hard talking when you know it's general advice because you want to really help people, but at the same time, you you, you can't, it, you, you want to say the right thing that's going to be applicable to people. So if you've got any questions, absolutely. Um, let us know um, however you best want to do that or feel free to reach out to me mainly on Instagram I'm on. Uh, that's if you've got any individual questions or find someone local that you trust that you know is going to work with you uh, and kind of give you some 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 trustworthy advice. Uh, what's your Instagram handle for those listening? Physiutrition, P-H-Y-S-I-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N. So a very, very unimaginative smash of physio and nutrition together yeah <laughs> i love yeah. it that's good yeah. <laughs> fantastic right dave anything else you'd like to add in before we uh, wrap up no that's uh, that's that's amazing ben thank you so much for joining us i want to get my building blocks all in a row brilliant yeah thank you so much guys Fun. really really enjoyed that no worries thank you for joining us ben thank you everyone for listening take care and i hope everyone enjoys the rest of their day 